where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! Ha <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. Today, we are going to talk about labs. A former Wuhan-based scientist has said, to my utter shock and amazement, that COVID-19 was man-made. Also, Western University, that bastion of unscientific lawlessness, is getting ready to beef up its own level three biocontainment lab, where it will begin to, again, to my utter shock and amazement, manufacture mRNA jabs right here in Canada. Today, we're also talking about lockdowns. Oxfordshire County in England wants to implement a climate lockdown policy beginning in 2024 in line with the 15-minute city initiative. A Hamilton school board has voted, to my utter shock and amazement, to lock down children's faces, implementing a temporary indoor masking policy. Temporary. Finally, today we're talking about losses. Our federal government has given away billions of dollars in ineligible COVID relief funds, and they've wasted about a billion dollars worth of expired mRNA shots. Are federal government wasting taxpayer money with negligence and carelessness? Wow, I'm utterly shocked and amazed. Labs, lockdowns, and losses. An alliteration that would make the WEF proud, but worry not, my friends will help you make sense of it all. It's December the 8th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is the Liberty Dispatch. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war as always, we are very excited that you have joined us over here on the program. Wherever you're getting our podcasts, whether it's on your favorite podcast catcher, that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, we're on Spotify, we're even on Audible, believe it or not. Wherever you get your favorite podcasts, be sure to go over there and check out all that we have going on as well. And then also, we are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, the FLFnetwork.com. That's FLFnetwork.com, where you can check out all our programming as well as a, a host of very many wonderful podcasts that I know Andrew and I get a lot from, so we know that you would really enjoy it as well. And you can get the myriad of shows on that network on their app on demand. So that's the FLF network app, which you can get on your Google play or your Apple app stores as well. Also be sure to go to our website, which is Liberty coalition, Canada.com. That's Liberty coalition, Canada.com. And you can Check out all things LCC over there, whether it's our legal uh, advocacy, 
our news and analysis or the various initiatives that we have going on, we would recommend you go over to our website and check that out. Also, while you're at the website, be sure to go to the top of the page, hit the donate tab on the top of the page. It'll take you to a page where you can choose what you want to choose, whether you want to donate to the news and analysis section or the various initiatives. If you choose to donate to the news and analysis section, we do want to let you know our partnership with Christian Week has allowed you, because it's a registered charity, to get a, a tax receipt with that donation. So we would recommend you go over to Liberty Coalition Canada dot com slash donate or scan the QR code at the bottom of the page that will take you directly to the website so then you can help support us as we continue to grow and build for the future we have a lot of new stuff that we want to do and bigger and better plans to get you more content on a regular basis that I know will bless you and others in your life so definitely go and do that and then finally you can reach out to us on the program directly by going over to info at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Write down there, info at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Thanks again for reaching out. Christmas is fast approaching, and you can be certain that all of the woke and status coffee companies you despise will be offering cute little gift bags with bitter coffee and pagan mugs all in an effort to take your money and fund their corporate socialism. That's why we are thankful for our friends over at Resistance Coffee. They also have a wonderful gift idea for the holidays. And not only does their coffee taste fantastic, they also use part of your money to fund the fight for freedoms and liberties here in Canada. Head over to resistancecoffee.com LCC and give the gift of coffee. You can purchase a little resistance, Two bags of coffee and a mug of your choice with a gift bag and some stickers, all for $55 plus free shipping. Or you can purchase a lot of resistance, four bags of coffee and two mugs of your choice, a resistance gift bag, some stickers, all for $95 plus free shipping. Head over to resistancecoffee.com slash LCC and make sure you use that slash LCC for all of your purchases so that they know that we sent you. As I let off the show today, I used that evil alliteration, evil not because the words are evil, but evil because of the content we're covering. Labs, lockdowns, and losses, quite the stories we want to deal with. And the first story has to do with labs, which is short for laboratories. We want to be proper here on the Liberty Dispatch. <laughs> we always want to be clear and, and, and concise and use proper language. So what we want to do is we want to break down these three stories labs lockdowns and losses and each of these stories has kind of some sub stories we want to look at so the first one in dealing with labs if you can believe it and so get ready to not i have can't to on I, YouTube. I, we're not on youtube I let's can't. just get that out of the way okay i know i, I know i've got to bring my tinfoil hat because it's actually at home my wife is making she's she's adding to it Andrew, if we were really smart, if, tinfoil crown. if we were really smart, we would put specifically rumble-oriented content where right. we actually talk about this stuff at the back of the episode. The problem is, 
it it would destroy the the clever alliteration you have and so much of what we talk about on an ongoing basis has to do with COVID-19 and various mandates and things and due to YouTube's policies you would never see a lick of the program if we put most of what we talk about on the dispatch up at YouTube so we Maybe know some of you pref- yeah That's we know petition. Elon buy YouTube Get yes and we know we know he would have to buy Google, mind you. But um, we know we know that so many of you prefer that pr- uh, platform, and in some ways, it's an easier platform to use. But because of those algorithms, because of their their codes of conduct, so much of what we do, we're just totally unable to to uh, to actually u- uh, use the platform because of their their restrictions. But nevertheless, Andrew. Take us into the first part of our stories concerning laboratories, as you've you've so put it. And much to our shock and amazement, as I said at the top of the show, yet another scientist has confirmed or has alleged, we've got to be careful with our language here, alleged slash confirmed slash said what we've known to be true for a while now, that COVID-19 was a man-made engineered virus. Scientist Andrew Huff, strong first name, you know, he's, you know, he's credible, who worked at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, blamed authorities for what he calls, quote, the biggest U.S. intelligence failure since 9-11. Britain's The Sun is reporting, Huff, an epidemiologist, said in his recent book, The Truth About Wuhan, that the pandemic was a result of the U.S. government's funding of coronaviruses in China. I thought Dr. Fauci said that wasn't the case, but he's utterly trustworthy. So I'm sure it's just a big misunderstanding. Um, Andrew Huff said that China's gain-of-function experiments were carried out with lax security. Quote, foreign laboratories did not have the adequate control measures in place for for ensuring proper biosafety, biosecurity, and risk management, ultimately resulting in the lab leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, Huff said in his book. There are experts who believe that the virus could have escaped through an infected scientist or the improper disposal of waste at the lab. Quote, China knew from day one that this was a genetically engineered agent. The U.S. government is to blame for the transfer of dangerous biotechnology to the Chinese. I was terrified by what I saw. We were just handling, we were sorry, we were just handing them bioweapon technology. So there it is. And now... I wonder if he's going to be placed on suicide watch or <laughs> but if, if all of a sudden he's going to get Epstein, like I don't, and we're definitely not on YouTube now. So I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen, but this is not the first time this has happened. There was another scientist that was actually on Tucker Carlson a while ago saying that when mm-hmm. she examined the actual genome of COVID-19, she saw what she said were cut sites which looked like sections in the genome where there were cuts made, where information was inserted. And we've, we know now that the actual COVID-19 genome, it's this weird percentage where it's like 70% bat virus. And then there's also a little bit of, there's these other animals, animal strains of viruses that the thing has man-made written all over it. So we're mm-hmm. not surprised by this. We've known this for a while, but and this especially- is further confirmation. Especially considering the fact that they haven't found the host, that's something that generally, if it did originate in the wild or in in a wet market like 
was the original story. Those are things that they track down with um, very significant accuracy very quickly. Uh, we know from past pandemics and the, the, the fact that we don't have that and that this generated in a lab that is known for creating viruses that through gain of function resource, uh, research that can, you know, transmit from different animal hosts to humans. That's the purpose of, of it uh, and increase in uh, transmittability. You know, that that is all very, very fishy. We also uh, had stories coming out that uh, doctors who work specifically in the lab presented with the same symptoms of COVID early on before the outbreak was really known about as well. So every jot and tittle of the story, as we know more and more, is pointing to confirming exactly what Andrew Huff has said here. It It is congruent with all the other information we have on the ground. The only thing it's not congruent with is the testimony of men like Anthony Fauci. Mm -hmm. But I tend to believe <laughs> the, the many He's lines... He's an you can't trust. No, he you can't, can't, yeah. Generally speaking, I, I'm favor. I'm, I'm rather I speak favorably about my countrymen, but that is an Italian you cannot trust. Yeah. No, hashtag don't trust Fauci. Yeah, he is the the epitome of a swamp creature, <laughs> um, and he's he. Well, he, wouldn't he be more like a a, a pasta sauce creature, right? Because he's Italian, so he's like a he's like a tomato sauce creature, more than as there's not very many swamps in Italy. So. <laughs> well, but. I mean, there's there's he's swamps migrated. where well, he's, he's migrated, migrated from yeah. the, from the from the motherland. Yeah, I, I the all the delicious pasta sauce, the tomato sauce would have washed off the second yeah, there, he plunged so himself many, into the swamp. So you say that about everything's confirming, but we can't understate. Sorry, we can't overstate this fact that yeah, there are all these questions. Like, here's another good question that there 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 haven't been or there there there, there were not adequate answers to this question. How can we explain that it so quickly went from animal to animal to animal to human transmission? Normally, mm -hmm. again, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I can read and I've read lots of papers and studies. I've done a lot of research into this, at least initially. And my understanding, generally speaking, is that for a virus to move from being animal to animal, then animal to human transition takes a measure of adaptation and evolution in the virus itself, because initially... It isn't able to feed on human hosts. This, by the way, is the whole point of gain-of-function research. The whole mm -hmm. point of gain-of-function research is to take viruses that are not transmissible to humans mm -hmm. and experiment with them to make them transmissible to humans. That way we can figure out how to deal with the viruses and how to come up with vaccines to them. Mm -hmm. So normally, the normal life cycle of a virus that starts from animal-to-animal -animal transmission has to go through a certain cycle and a certain measure of adaptation in order for it to be transmissible to humans. But what they were saying early on is that very quickly in a record-breaking level, like a record-breaking cycle in a, a very short period of time, mm -hmm. that this virus went from animal to animal to animal to human. And people like me were saying, well, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That seems really, really fishy. Yeah, so we, I, we also know from internal so internal communications, but because of a lot of what we're talking about, red flags were going up internally, and people were 
actively trying to squash the narrative that this was man-made. That yes, scientists that, were disappeared. Certain Chinese scientists <laughs> decided to go on permanent vacations. Yeah, so we know that the origins of COVID-19 are more and more looking as though it was a man-made virus in the Wuhan facility that whether it was an intentional leak or not, we don't know that, um, but it somehow leaked from the lab and that has led to um, the pandemic that has gripped the world for the last two and a half plus years um, and has led to, according to the official numbers, millions and millions of deaths across the world. So, well, Andrew Huff says this is the the biggest intelligence failure since uh, 9-11. I would say it's, it's a far greater failure even than that um, because it's, it's on a, on a global scale, unlike that of 9-11. But the, what he's getting at is this gain of function resource or research was actually squashed by Congress. Um, yet it seems as though these trusted scientists of ours buck the rules uh, once again, and they were continuing on with this research and the funding thereof, despite what the law said. And that really gets to the heart of the insidious nature of this all is the supposed people that we say we have been told are the most trustworthy individuals in the world are these high priests of scientism that have in what's looking clearer and clearer could be responsible for the transmission of this disease. This, this falls into their court they're responsible for this. So not only are they not people that we can trust and, you know, their record over the last while has, has proven that the mask has slipped, but further, furthermore, we're going to talk about that a bit. That mask hasn't slipped yet. Yeah. But furthermore, they're, they're actually very likely responsible for this virus and the many deaths and destruction that that it's led to that's why again we're on this program we can't just wave our hands over this stuff we can't just declare uh, pandemic amnesty as our episode with alex we we talked about that because we need to give a full account of what happened and then hold people to account for what happened um because this is a serious, serious, serious issue. And and speaking I, about pandemic amnesty, I want to say quickly, for those of you who hear this story and you're thinking, yes, that's what I thought. I knew it. They said I was crazy. Can I, I want to tell you something. Okay? I, I want to speak to you who your friends and your family and your coworkers and your, your fellow students and your neighbors have said you're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist, you're anti-science, anti-government, because you said it seems like this thing was made in a lab, even if it was accidentally released, which personally I, I believe. I'm willing to say that it was it was released accidentally, but it was made in a lab, and then clearly they saw how this thing released could be taken advantage of. There were nefarious motives, and clearly there's huge financial gain behind the jab, which doesn't work, and there's nefarious motives and nefarious motives behind the lockdowns. 
that I just met the other day with a guy who owns a meat shop that why was his shop closed down, but Walmart was left open. So you're saying all these things and everyone's told you you're crazy. Can I tell you something? You're not crazy. Okay. You're not crazy. You're not a nutso. You're not a conspiracy theorist. You're not anti-science. You're not anti-government. You're a person who's trying to deal with what is objectively true. And I want to tell you that there's a good chance you've been right about almost all of it and more and more will. So I just want to comfort you, dear listener, and <laughs> let you know that we all have glorious jewel encrusted tinfoil crowns <laughs> together. Yeah. And you're okay. And this is why this matters as we, as we continue talking about labs, because you might ask yourself the question, fine, who cares? It's over. It's done with it leaked. What's the big deal? What's the problem with this lab thing? Let it be. Well, no, see, we can't because it looks like we're bringing a similar problem, increasingly so, more and more into our own country. And mm -hmm. this leads into the second portion of our lab story that we want to talk about, which is Western University and their super lab. So Western University, if you've forgotten, still has a uh, has an unscientific mask mandate in effect that's going to be starting in January. And they only recently mm -hmm. dropped their jab mandate because of pressure and because of the other not utter nonsense of it. But mm -hmm. Western who should disband their science department and their biology department, they have <laughs> they're a definitely not disbanding. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. So this this comes to us from the London Free Press, Western University Super Lab, a regional hub Look at this for COVID-19 surveillance and research during the pandemic. No wonder they wouldn't shut it down is expanding, clinching a $16 million grant or funding from the federal government for a new facility to produce vaccines and study viral spread through life-size simulations. Did you, did you hear that? That they are going to be producing vaccines, not really vaccines. We'll see that in a sec and study viral spread through life-size simulations. That's not terrifying. The new pathogen research center, an extension of its imaging pathogens for knowledge translation, I impact, what a, what a, what a, what an evil it, I M P A K T. That's the, that's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Why am I drawing a blank? That's the acronym. I should know this. I live in Kingston. It's a military town. Everyone speaks in acronyms in the military. So IMPACT is the acronym for their lab. This program in the spring, said Eric Arts, the executive director of the lab. Just like the IMPACT lab, again, catchy little acronym, the new build will be a level three lab. Ooh, level three. The second highest level of biosecurity facility. Second highest. They're making they're making jabs, people. You know who has the highest. Viruses. You know you who has do. the highest fa yeah, facility, Winnipeg. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now this is. Uh, I want to be careful, but a lot of people might not. You haven't know. developed a third eye, have you yet? <laughs> no, a lot of people might not know this, but in 2019, there was a significant breach of security pro protocols from the the highest level laboratory facility here in Winnipeg and it was from an expat of China who was working in conjunction with the Wuhan laboratory 
I'm not even making that up. Yeah, I'm not even making that up. I, I, I will link in the description below the the stories from the CBC, and the CBC had to quickly upon the uh, outbreak of COVID nineteen. They had to quickly like manage the situation. So the same lady who was breaking these stories for the CBC here locally, she had to say, but this had nothing to do with <laughs> with or, COVID-19. Or she, would, she would go on a Chinese permanent vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. She'd, she'd be treated to a CP, CCP getaway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and the the, the 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 funny part is um her the, the 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 Chinese expat and her husband both worked at the laboratory and they did have um a lot to do with other SARS viruses and and also training with bats. So very fishy stuff. Yeah. I, I'm not saying there's there's a connection necessarily there. It just when you again when you but you stack but, but up you did just you did just add a new emerald to your your, your well when you stack up all this information side by each and then you you see our first story, well, it looks very likely that this is a man-made disease from the Wuhan lab of technology. Then things start to look really suspicious. That's a side note, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Continue so on so, with Western. So, so yeah, so why be concerned about this? Well, while the original impact lab was focused on discoveries and studying pathogens, the new center will be focused on the real-world application of Western researchers' work, Arts said. The Pathogen Research Center will have a large, secure room. I mean, that, I don't know about you, but when I hear them say we have a secure room, I'm sure Phew. everything's... Yeah, yeah I got feel, to worry feel about. really yeah. good. Yeah, they have a secure room where the Western team can track the spread of airborne viruses or bacteria in full-sized simulations. I mean, it's secure. I mean, they probably have at least one lock on it, right? I mean, it's <laughs> super duper secure. I nothing so nothing could possibly go yeah. wrong here. Just as secure as everything that's been breached, as your phones that were tracked by public health or by your money given to give send go that was hacked. Just super, or the Wuhan lab, super it, duper secure. It's crazy to me, Andrew, that it never occurs to these insane scientists that even just doing these things has a moral risk to them, right? It's it's the same way that gene editing has all sorts of risks to it. Uh, it's the, the old story of Pandora's box. Once you open this, it's open and you can't right. you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And, and where does it end? Where's the and end? And where does it line? end? And and sure you maybe know where it ends, Matt. I'll tell you where it ends. It ends on <laughs> testing on people. That like well, and I'm not being I'm not being facetious here. I mean, this is historically this is where it ends. Yes. It ends on testing on people. And we've seen historically this is usually people who are the poorest mm -hmm. or people who have disabilities. Or people who are the undesirables. I just listened yeah. to a phenomenal podcast on mm -hmm. the history of Margaret Margaret Sanger and the abortion oh, movement yeah. and yeah. her eugenic. Like it's the, it's the, the neo Malthusian. Yeah, the oh, neo Malthusian. Uh, That's where this goes. Yeah, eugenics. Yeah, I mean, people have to realize that that 
that ideology is alive and well in a lot of the scientific communities across our globe is there's still this neo-Malthusian eugenic thrust to so much of what we see coming out of the WEF, so much of what we see wrapped in the climate alarmism. These are people who believe human beings are essentially meat machines um, that they can just change inputs, uh, use various technologies to manage outcomes or predict outcomes. And they don't really give a thought to the moral or ethical, uh, you know, um, implications of their actions. So that's, so you have an entire class of scientists with endless funding through governments across this world and supranational organizations like the WHO who are literally engaged in human experimentation. And that is extraordinarily scary within the context of our secular postmodern world where they're unconstrained by traditional morality so they're engaging in all these acts without any change without any shackles on them at least hitler had to feign connection to the church yeah yeah hitler had to he had to make overtures to say oh yeah i'm a christian and he had to curry favor with the church these demons Mm -hmm. they care nothing for christian moorings they care nothing for biblical principles they're free to do whatever they want all in the name of science that's what yuval harari right no we, Mm. we don't need god we are god yeah. So let me let me let me read a paragraph that should should make your skin crawl. Mm-hmm. This should if if you have not been asleep for the last two and a half years, this paragraph should send a little bit of a tingle up your spine. Quote, with the vaccine rollout around the world, Canada was last in line because we didn't have vaccine production facilities in the country that could rapidly produce vaccines for our own population. This will be a facility that is capable of doing that, producing mRNA vaccines, but also producing antibodies that can be used in treatment, not only for SARS-CoV-2, but other diseases. Friends, that is terrifying (laughs) and 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 at 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 this moment andrew i think that's more of uh it's less of a prediction more of a warning (laughs) that this is this is what this is going to be used for and i i'm sure i'm sure much of what's going to go on there might be you know might be a value add to to the scientific community, to scientific research. But a lot of what was just said in that line was factually untrue. Now, because Canada has socialized medicine, our, we don't have a lot of money wrapped up in, in R&D as research and development as it pertains to medical technology. In fact, I think something like 90% of research and development happen in the United States of America. So while countries across the world like to, uh, you know, crap on uh, the, the American healthcare system because of its costs, they actually are subsidizing basically the whole world in their healthcare systems based on 
you know, having enough money within the medical uh, sphere to actually fund a lot of the research that every single country across the world actually benefits from. So that's something that we have to think about. And it shouldn't be a surprise that, you know, a bunch of the American countries were on the forefront of developing these mRNA vaccines, regardless of what you think about them. That is actually the, the truth of the situation. Now, something that I think we have to be, uh, you know, concerned about is the fact that our federal government did actually have ch a chance to buy Canadian-made vaccines, but they steadfastly refused to negotiate with Canadian vaccine manufacturers because they were committed to padding the wallets of gigantic big pharma companies like Pfizer, like Moderna, like Johnson & Johnson, and, and the others. Uh, so that's not even entirely true, but regardless... I think given the fact that this is juxtaposed with the story that we just covered, that it's very likely that in a lab, not unlike what Western's apparently going to have, they developed diseases for the sake of long-term planning for vaccinations, right? That was, that was why they supposedly did this case gain a function research research for the ability to mass vaccinate people against the potential um, virus in the future. Uh, it is concerning that this is coming to Canadian soil, um, given the fact that, you know, a lot of these, uh, these diseases can escape these these contexts even in lockdowns and the fact that the mrna RNA vaccines have been so ineffective and frankly dangerous as we've covered on the program that again more and more government funding is going into the very things that led to this pandemic and that has led to so much death and destruction across not only our country, but across the globe. So if you're paying attention, you know that our federal government's response to economic difficulties has been to print money until it's basically worthless, driving up the cost of everything. And you know this if you've been to a grocery store and you've been one of those rich people to spend $20 on a few heads of romaine lettuce, a few hearts of romaine lettuce, and it essentially steals from you when you're hard-earned pay. What you need to do is take control of your own resources and be responsible for your own money, which is your responsibility. Bull Bitcoin wants to help you do just that. Bull Bitcoin is a 100% self-funded, freedom-minded Canadian Bitcoin exchange that wants to protect your financial freedom and help you protect your resources. If you're at all aware of what's going on in our country, you should seriously consider connecting with my friends at Bull Bitcoin and having all your questions answered by them. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Again, that's mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. So first we talked about labs. Now mm -hmm. we're going to talk about lockdowns. And you might be thinking, lockdowns? We're done with lockdowns. And you're wrong. We might be done... <laughs> We might be done with what we perceive to be the traditional COVID lockdown here in Canada. But if you think that lockdowns are over, um, 
you're wrong mm-hmm. and you're certainly wrong in terms of what's coming down the road for us in the climate emergency world. And this is this is something that both you and I separately have predicted long just based on the logic of everything that was being said. Like not based on anything that we knew specifically. Now we do have receipts. I pertaining to this story, you can go and you can check up this very same procedure, this very same idea on the We Forum website, the WEF website, um, about the 15-minute city that's being implemented in Oxfordshire. But we've been saying this just based on the logic. is like if COVID is a pandemic, a threat to people's overall health, what's the ultimate threat? Well, it's it's climate change, apparently, right? That's the ultimate existential threat to human life and and just all organic bio, biological life on this planet. So how much more should we be implementing lockdowns in the case of, of climate change? But Andrew, this story comes from Oxfordshire County in the UK, and what they have now agreed to implement is a sort of climate lockdown. And this comes not as a shock, but it did strike me as, whoa, I can't believe they're actually doing this now at this stage. Nevertheless, Oxfordshire County Council yesterday, as of time of recording, so early in December here, December 5th, um, approved plans to lock residents into one of six zones for the sake of combating climate change. The latest stage in the 15-minute city, which will link you to articles in the description so you can learn more about this proposed city, agenda is to place electronic gates on key roads in and out of the city, confining residents to their own neighborhoods. The 15-minute city initiative is is described as follows. Everyone living in a city should have access to essential urban services within a 15-minute walk or bike ride. The 15-minute city project is designed to help access-focused urban transformations be what we need them to be, ambitious, inclusive, measurable, and effectively implemented. Under the new plan, if residents want to leave their zone, they will need permission from the council who gets to decide who is eligible to leave and when they can. Residents will be allowed to leave their zone a maximum of 100 days per year. But in order to even gain this, uh, every resident will have to register their car details with the council who will then track their movements via smart cameras around the city. That is totally yeah, and what when do they want to when do they want to do this again? This is this is like this is like 2050, right? Or this 20... is now. This oh. is now. Oh, yeah. Well, 2024. So... 2024 is the plan. The plan is yes. implemented in 2024. Which, if you're not, if in case you didn't realize what time of the year it is, that's just over a year away. 
Yes. Um, isn't this the prequel to the Hunger Games? Isn't this how the Hunger Games started? They're like, or like District B thirteen, which yes. if you haven't seen it, it's a pretty neat movie. It's French and dubbed uh, again. English. Again, our our globalist really elites good. go are, watch District B thirteen. That's good. Our our globalist elites take dystopian uh, novels and movies as suggestions, not as warnings, and and, yeah, in, in and that's clearly yeah, yeah yeah. If this is oh, this is how you control populations. Perfect. So this so what's driving this is. Isn't, it's also like you mentioned earlier, Matt, that because climate change is the real public health threat. But there's an article. I'm going to look for it. Uh, I, I saved a copy of it online. I wonder if it's still online. I was trying to look for it the other day. I couldn't find it. If it is, we'll link to it. If it's not, I don't know what we're going to do. But this was an article that came out just a couple months after the initial lockdowns in March and April of 2020. And what someone was actually postulating in this article was that during the craziest lockdowns, we saw a reduction in our carbon footprint because people aren't driving anywhere. They're not going anywhere. They're staying at home. So if we saw a reduction in our carbon footprint during lockdowns, maybe roll, and this is what the article was suggesting, maybe rolling lockdowns should be implemented to help reduce our carbon footprint. So you don't lock down all the time, but maybe what you do is you lock down a month every six months to reduce the carbon footprint. This also, by the way, is not totally new. This this concept of the zones, the neighborhood zones and the and and the climate lockdowns is not something that's totally foreign anyways. We've seen just in Europe in the last couple of years that you couldn't put your thermostat too high or too low depending on the temperature in order to mitigate against wastefulness. Sri Lanka had fuel rations where you had to actually download an app on your phone and you were only allowed to purchase a certain amount of fuel for your car in a given period. So we've seen fuel rations, we've seen thermostat control, all of this plays into the, so when people say, oh, well, this is, they would never do this. They have been doing this. They've already tried. They've already practiced a little bit of this climate related lockdown and control. So this is they're they're planning this in 2024, and I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see this roll out in other target cities or counties, not just in Europe but in North America. For sure, we're going to see the play that because of this threat, because the climate change is going to destroy us all, we need to do everything in our power, including ruining your lives, destroying your business, and limiting your freedoms in order to prevent the planet from melting and becoming a big ball of lava and then we all die. That's, I mean, that's basically their pitch. I know it sounds ridiculous because it is ridiculous. It's completely absurd. And this is what happens when you adopt a non-biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. The reality is that God has created the earth and it's amazing how the earth is sustainable and heals and reproduces and these cycles that the earth takes care of itself. And mm -hmm. it's amazing human ingenuity that I don't hear anything more about the ozone layer, that smog reports are not nearly what they used to be, that human ingenuity and the free market drives cars that burn fuel more efficiently and technology. So the reality is there's also plenty of room on this planet for human beings. Also and natural resources have been given to us to use. So when you reject that, you start worshiping the earth mm -hmm. and then you do this stuff. Also, we talk about neo-Malthusianism. The Malthusian prediction, it was absolutely wrong because 
you, you have to understand the more people, the more image bearers on earth who are taking dominion over God's creation, the more innovation, the, the more, more technology, yeah. the more fruitfulness they bring to like to bear on the world. So they're like the, the even the Neo-Malthusian graph where you you see uh, the population rising to an unsustainable level and then production can only uh, you know keep up to a certain point what it, was it, that for him was it two billion or four billion like it's a number that we've already exceeded oh yeah we've it's we're way exceeded. we're way beyond yeah. it be, because of agriculture because yeah. of agricultural technology and fertilization like all the stuff that we take for granted like people have to understand the neo-malthusian graph has not only been debunked it's been destroyed because we have far more people than we've ever had on the face of the earth but far less people in poverty and in hunger so despite all the dire predictions again and again they're wrong because it turns out human action can't just be you can't just algorithmically control all these things um like these scientists and and uh, you know engineers and all these guys who are part of these planning systems want to do it's just it's frankly not that simple and it doesn't it doesn't account for the human element of it all and that's why over and over again these insane predictions are proven not just wrong they're proven disastrously wrong, yet we have more and more people in this world, despite the, the fact that they're proven wrong over and over again with these crazy predictions. Um, we're talking about you, Al Gore. We're yes. talking about you, Al Gore. Yeah, we're, we're like we know now, right, everybody was saying the polar bears were going to die out, right? Because uh, late 90s, early 2000s, that I think the polar bear population was under 10,000 in the world. So they're freaking out. Now we know that right now, that, popu that, po that population is That's more right. than doubled. It's more when than doubled. That, when the polar bears heard that, they're like, it's time for us to take polar bear dominion and, yeah. and multiply. And exactly. And decided to have a whole lot of little polar bear cubs. Exactly. Even, so even the cap, the whole, the whole idea about the ice on the caps. I remember a couple years ago, yeah. there was an article from NASA that they actually concluded that the amount of ice on the caps was larger than when it larger than when it was when these crazy predictions were made, and that it's a complete inverse. And NASA was also saying we're probably entering into a fifty-year global cooling period, which will then be followed by a global. Like it's like. Make up your minds. Like it's just it's junk science, is what it, it is. is. It is. And, and and we know about the hockey stick graph as well, with like uh the 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 a lot of this climate alarmism is based on faulty baselines that they're punching into their graphs, and it doesn't it it doesn't have the, given the insane variation of human action. It does, it's incapable, it's utterly incapable of actually properly predicting the future. You're, and you're saying models don't work. Models don't work. And and oh, these are the, these are the, okay. the, the same models that were used as a justification for lockdown and COVID-19. And the thing is that they weren't transparent with the modeling, right? They were they were saying, oh, our predictive modeling is saying this, this, this. It's a horrible, no good, very bad modeling. But the fact of the matter, 
the modeling that was released to the public, uh, I'm thinking of the um, the the London, uh, the College of London there. Um, yeah, Neil and Ferguson. Neil Ferguson, who, by the way, broke the rules by uh, going to have an affair with his mistress during the height of lockdown. Exactly. He really, he really believed that COVID yeah. was a killer. Yeah, exactly. But they, th I mean, their predictions were insanity, right? Millions of people were going to die. In yeah, Canada, by fatality rate, which is yeah, nice. yeah, by like, like they predicted some like by May 2020 in Canada, three million people were going to die if you didn't do lockdowns. And that's utter insanity. It's garbage in, garbage out modeling that cannot possibly account for the, the wide variety of human interaction and human action on a on a broad aggregate scale but yet this is this is the mindset of these globalist elites is they believe in a command and control circular economy that given the right technology we can just use algorithms to punch in and and manage all of society in the most efficient and effective way possible the problem is in order to control and limit the amount of inputs that they have to manage what do they have to do they have to limit your freedom because your freedom is an affront to them being able to command and control the economy in the way that they want to and that's what we're running into with all this stuff is we're running into a set of globalist elites that want to control every jot and tittle of society. But in order to do that, they run into the problem of knowledge. Uh, the, the, the same problem that destroys all command and control economies is a council of individuals, no matter how smart, does not have the same aggregate knowledge that seven billion people have you just don't have that it's you're incapable of doing it yet because they believe they have this new technology they can still do this sort of thing so long as they basically create an environment in which you're managed so carefully that you essentially become a cog in a machine that they can manipulate and control according to their whims and their 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 likes. That is where we're headed in society. This isn't a crazy conspiracy prediction. This is just reading what they're saying, reading you know underneath all of what they're saying based on their world and life view and just saying guys, this is the logical end of what's coming. Andrew and I aren't prophets. We're not sons of prophets. We can just read and take people at their word. And that's what we're seeing happen with these 15-minute cities. This is the implementation of the very thing that you and I, Andrew, have warned about. Is This is happening. Cities, Oxfordshire is just a county, but cities in the world are now trying to adopt this model. And we're going to link some articles for you that you can check out the fact that this is being pushed by the World Economic Forum, by many globalist elites in the UN. Actually, Richard Florida and Carlo Ratti, uh, Richard Florida's actually a Canadian professor of business and creativity from the University of Toronto. He's heavily involved in a lot of this stuff. And what do we know? We know that, hey, 
eventually they're going to bring this to Canada. They've already put Tam on climate change is the biggest health emergency. Like we, we covered that in a past episode. Mm -hmm. This is coming to a city near you. Unless if we fight back and stop this insane globalist overreach. So before we jump into the second bit of lockdown, I do want to say, Matt, in defense of our globalist lizard leaders. Yeah, you feel the need to defend them, eh? I do. And in their, in their defense, what I want to say is they are they they were correct about a COVID catastrophe that was going to decimate the population. Um, it just wasn't the virus; it was the jab. So just so I just want to I want to be clear that they were correct that there would be a COVID catastrophe that would decimate the Canadian population and see an obscene number of lives lost for no reason, except it wasn't the virus. <laughs> it was the poisonous shot that they continue to put in people's arms. So they yeah, were the, right, about, the, they were right the... about the killer. They were just wrong <laughs> that it wasn't that it, that it was the spike protein, but it was the spike protein in the shot and not the virus. So they were kind of close to the right answer. They just, they missed it a little bit. So I want to, you know, I want to give credit where credit's due. They were, they were close. They were close. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, lockdowns. So we have, we have the Oxfordshire lockdowns and then we have beautiful, innocent, precious children's faces now also being locked down in Hamilton. Hamilton Wentworth District School Board trustees passed a motion late Monday to implement a temporary, te temporary, it was Ronald Reagan that said nothing's more permanent than a temporary government policy, a temporary indoor masking requirement in all schools with no restrictions for anyone's who, anyone who wants to opt out. So it almost seems like a toothless virtue signal. Anyways, passing that motion made the HWDSB the first school board in Ontario to implement a masking requirement in months. The decision comes two weeks after the board strongly recommended students and staff mask indoors because they don't care about science. That's why almost all trustees attended the meeting in person and most wore masks because they don't care about the science. That's why Hamilton's medical officer of health strongly encourages masking indoors because he doesn't care about the science. That's why. But has also said there needs to be a regional approach for masking to be most effective. Yeah, as in no masks, that's the most effective way. So, I mean, the, the story, we kind of jest a little bit, and even even the in the wording, it's mandatory, mm -hmm. but you don't. there's no restrictions if you want to opt out. But there's still, you know that they're banking on the fact that we have seen general compliance from Canadians, that people are afraid, that people, mm -hmm. are, people are putting this poison in their kids, people are, are paralyzed by fear, that people are going to do what they're told, that they trust the authorities. And yeah. so even though you'll have some crazy people like us saying, you're not going to put that on my kid's face. Mm -hmm. I would, I mean, I can't pick a number, but I would say at least 50% of all the kids will now be going to school with muzzles over their mouths because their parents, yeah. um, it's, their it's parents also, are, uh, are just terrified. It's also compliance. social conditioning. And listen, there's nothing that forbids them from, making it mandatory right they're 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 rolling this out slowly and carefully because i think they know that masks are not popular and they've been ineffective and 
I think especially for young children, detrimental. We know that from the statistics coming out of um, of schools across our nation and across the world. Um, who would have thought? <laughs> I mean, we know that kids learn by seeing and by, you know, there's so much non-verbal communication listen, that's expressed I, through the face. It's, I also I, have kids, they're, they're gross. Like they... They sneeze oh, yeah. and cough and goober all over the place, and their mask drops on the floor, and they step on it, they put it on their face like, I love my kids, yeah. but they're gross. And so <laughs> yeah. it's not like adults that have the common sense to pull the mask down when they cough or sneeze. Some don't. So I think that, that you could sneeze and cough in your mask and still wear it. I mean, you're – Lord help you. But the fact is kids are gross, and their, their masks are gross. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just the psychological learning. It's It's – it's physiologic, like it's actual biologically. Oh yeah, the masks are are absolute disease traps for kids, mm -hmm. especially. Yeah, and what like what what is what is the end goal? Because you know, uh, so much of the masking and uh, trying to prevent yourself from ever getting sick. Like the the fact of the matter is, when your body gets sick, it learns immune responses to different viruses. If you never get sick, if you if you try and go around the world living in a hazmat suit and you're never exposed to the just the common cold, different rhinoviruses, different coronaviruses, your body's not going to build up that immunity and it's going to leave you more susceptible to being totally floored, totally knocked down and potentially die from getting, you know, these things that we now um, consider normal. But that's yeah. old science, Matt. Science I, I know that's the science evolved. The science changes. Yeah, yeah, that's right? my it's, problem. It's, I'm not. I, right. I'm not evolving I mean, quick enough. Don't you know that that the, the yeah, it's always moving. It's always mm -hmm. uh, so. I mean, if you're so if you if you're if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, and you're in that Hamilton Wentworth District School Board, first of all. Do not put anything on your kid's face. First of all, I don't know why your kid is still in public school. Like you, <laughs> if you're if you're if you're watching us, if you're listening to us, then hopefully you've pulled your kid out of these government indoctrination centers because all they're going to do is make your child hate you, hate your country, hate God, and hate Western civilization. And they're going to train them to be little woke Marxist monsters. So if you're listening, get them. If you haven't do that but if you haven't please don't please don't put anything on your kid's face um and if you know other parents who are terrified talk to them encourage them give them a good dose of liberty dispatch assuage their fears just please help them please help them lovingly kindly to not put anything on their their kids faces if they really love their kids if they really care about their child's development again they'll pull them out of the the, the state school if that'd be the first thing but the second thing would be don't don't muscle their face. Um, this story, and again, people would say, "Oh, this is crazy! How could a school do this?" Uh, Western has a mask mandate in in the new year, right? Like they've already mm -hmm. said that as of the as of the the, the the next semester coming in the new year, masks will be required in all indoor class settings. So this is mm -hmm. we're not done. Like when I said we're not done with lockdowns, I mean we're not done. This is. This is still a reality. We just interviewed Heidi Nelson. Mm -hmm. She was fired by Purilator. Recently. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because she wouldn't get a job. She works from home. Mm. I just had a conversation. I won't spill this too much, but I just had a conversation with a woman. She reached out to us who works in a hospital in Newmarket, 
who's just come back from maternity leave, who's being told that if she doesn't provide proof of two doses, that she will be fired with cause. This is still happening. I had this phone call yesterday. This mm-hmm. is still happening. We're not done yet. This, yeah. is, this game isn't over. If you think this game's over, you're living in another world. Be, because not stay, I, again, stay again, home 30% capacity, but this, yeah. we are not done with this yet. Yeah. Not because again, time. as you've said, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program, as Reagan once quipped, and he's right about that. Nope, no power is enough power these, for them. These temporary, like these were temporary measures that were apparently this was what was sold to the public. These are temporary measures when we're in the height days. of height of the pandemic, yeah, weeks to to control the the outbreak of COVID nineteen in such a way that most people won't die like the really vulnerable people in our society won't die but now once these vaccine programs have been adopted they're not going away these companies aren't dropping them in fact they're expanding them in fact we're going to cover a story next week that that has that will show you how bc's expanding these in extraordinarily drastic ways so despite the fact that we're clearly out of the worst of the pandemic it's endemic at at this stage um these temporary measures are now being put in place permanently and you know the the people who are calling for this continued masking strategy this isn't to stop COVID 19 it's now for the flu for colds, for RSV, let, yeah, let, doctor, doctor, mass formation psychosis. Yes, uh, sorry, Neely Kaplan Murth. Sorry, I, no, always, it, I always get her name wrong when I it, when I talk. About exactly. So now, 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 this will be a thing that will happen perpetually. Cold and flu season. Time to mask up. Got to do it again. So again, these were sold as permanent, te- or, or sorry, as temporary measures for a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic, but that was the entry point into now conditioning society to implement these into perpetuity. So we have to understand the game, that's the play that's being run, and we need to stop it and just say no, stop complying, and understand that this is what's happening and stand firm on our convictions. That's how we, we stop this play. We got to figure it out eventually, and then we got to just say no and and cause it like actually run a defense on this on this play that's being run. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Do we? You know what? I'm, I I'll mention here as well. We may talk about it in more detail, but I'm just going to mention it now to give an update to our audience that this week we covered a story about Baby Will, mm-hmm. who was who needed to receive a life saving heart transplant. And the parents said, uh, they said, yes, he needs that. And and then the hospital said, fine, but in order for him to go through this procedure, he'll need a transplant with blood from someone who's received the COVID jab. And the parents said, no, no, we don't, we're not okay with that. Because there was another story recently of another baby, Alexander, who had a similar procedure, who received a blood transplant from some, or blood transfusion from someone who had had the jab. And then a couple of days later, this baby died of a stroke. And so the parents are like, no, 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 we're that's, we don't want to do it. So the hospital has petitioned the high court and the surgeons have been granted guardianship over 
the baby. This is absolute. This is this is. I mean, I, I, this is evil. This is evil. This is this is wicked. This is vile. I, whatever other words you want to use, it's despicable. It's utterly despicable that the high courts in New Zealand have granted guardianship over this little boy to the surgeons over and above the wishes and desires of his own parents to go forward with the heart transplant and the giving him blood from someone who has received the jab. Despite the parents' wishes, it doesn't matter. Now the surgeons via the state have been given control of the child because they know what's best for the child, not the parents who are being seen as negligent parents that are not caring for the child. So again, if you think we're done, if you think this is over, if you think just because you can go to the grocery store and you don't have to wear a mask anymore, or if you think because you can hop on a plane and fly internationally, if you think that everything's back to normal, it mm -hmm. is not. No. This is not over. Like this actually happened in New Zealand. The story was breaking today mm -hmm. that the surgeons have been given guardianship. So if you're <laughs> if you're still half asleep, wake up, friends. We're not yeah. this isn't over. And I, I, I don't see how that logic would not be put in place in other jurisdictions across the world. I just, uh, again, for any age, my kids are six, eight and 10. If I refuse yeah. to give them the jab and then public health says you're being a negligent parent, what about the mm -hmm. safety of your children? Why wouldn't they try to petition to take custody of my children? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that would never happen. Oh, you mean like a four month old <laughs> baby wouldn't be taken away from their parents? Mm -hmm. by, by the surgeons like that it wouldn't happen like for making a, 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 yeah. a medical decision that could okay. have been uh, like it could have easily been the the hot it's not as though they were denying their child an extraordinary procedure that was the only possible way to save their kid from dying it's not they weren't being neglectful. They had a request that could have easily been uh, acquiesced to by the state, but the the state steadfastly refused to do it. Mm -hmm. And and instead, they said, "Hey, we'd rather take your child away from you than acquiesce to you, you crazy anti-vaxer, and your yep. your request for." for medical freedom and informed consent. That is totally inappropriate. And Andrew, that leads us into, sadly, the last section of what we want to talk about on today's program, and that is losses. In fact, we're seeing continued losses despite everything that's coming out and going on in our nation. But before we do that, we have to give a word from our friends over at Rock link and with inflation at 40 year highs and economic st stagflation on the horizon growing and pers preserving your hard earned capital is of the utmost importance and that is why you're going to want to reach out to our friends over at rock link investment partners under, they understand the investment challenges of the day that we're in. Rocklink is an independent investment management firm focused solely on creating portfolios of high-quality businesses 
anchored to the time-tested principles of value investing, and they do not shy away from essential businesses that do not meet some arbitrary, foolish, World Economic Forum definition of responsible ESG investing. They're not worried about those things. So you're definitely going to want to reach out to Rocklink and you can email Rocklink at their email at info at rocklink.com or you can visit them at www.rocklink.com and that is Rocklink with a C. Also be sure to call them at their number at one nine zero five six three one five four six two. You're gonna g- want to get in touch with our friends over at Rock Link today. It certainly is worth investing. So, in this third story, uh, talking about losses, we've talked about labs, we've talked about lockdowns. Now we're going to talk about losses. And if you can believe it, I I know that, okay, sit down. If you're driving, pull over to the side of the road. Make sure you're sitting down. Make sure you're not operating heavy machinery. Make sure you don't have any firearms or sharp weapons, sharp items in your hand. Sit down. Okay. Take a breath. Ready? Our federal government has been negligent and wasteful in spending with money. I know. It's hard to believe. Unbelievable. I know. I, I, I will, I will wow. not stand for this slander and libel, wow. Andrew. I know it's hard to believe, but apparently our federal government has been mismanaging your tax, your hard-earned tax dollars. So it's your money, people. Yes. Right. Like my money. You, your. It's our money. This is the government mismanaging. Our money, the money of taxpayers, not just tax consumers, which includes those who work for the government, right? They get off scot-free because they are on on average are 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 make far more and consume far more of tax money than they actually pay in their taxes. It's the people who are funding this insane government system. It's your money that's being wasted. So this comes to us from the National Post. Canada's Auditor General says a minimum of $27.4 billion in suspicious COVID-19 benefit benefit payments need to be investigated because the government did did not manage the aid programs efficiently. That's in addition to the $4.6 billion in government overpayments for the various COVID-19 aid programs according to a report by Auditor General Karen Hogan. Quote, the Canada Revenue Agency and Employment and Social Development Canada did not manage the selected COVID-19 programs efficiently given the significant amount paid to ineligible recipients, the limited adjustments as programs were extended, and the slow progress on post-payment verifications, the report concludes. I'll just interject here with a little bit of personal anecdote. My sister, who is a nurse who works hard and does fairly well for herself, received a CERB payment without even asking for it. So just all of a sudden, she didn't apply for it. 
but $2,000 appears in her bank account without applying for it. So this, so I can tell you firsthand that there was a definite mismanagement of the funds because they were just, they were giving it out like candy, whatever. That's what Marxists do. They give people their bread and their circus. Anyways, continues. That's just the tip of the iceberg, Hogan warns. The report chronicles a separate series of eyebrow-raising CERB payments, such as $1.6 billion to individuals who appear to have quit their jobs instead of losing it due to COVID-19, $6.1 million in incarcerated recipients, okay, and $1.2 million in payments to dead people. Dead, pe dead people got more money from the government than I did in CERB payments. In the case of CEWS, the report estimates that there are $15.5 billion in suspected overpayments to ineligible companies based on a comparison of their HST and GST filings before and during the pandemic. So if you don't know what that means, in order to apply for the CEWS, which by the way is the government handout that many churches took, many soon-to-be soon or, or, or fully apostate churches mm -hmm. that shut down their churches, muzzled their people, said stay at home. That are state churches. Let's just, yeah, they let's just they call it what their, they are. They lowered their expenses. People still gave, and they also took a handout from the government, so they mm -hmm. should shut their doors permanently. But anyways, in order, to, uh, uh, in order to actually qualify for the CEWS, you need to show saying either this time last year we had a higher income than we do right now, or last month and the pre month before that we had a higher income so what the report from the auditor general is saying no actually there were a whole lot of people that apply that were ineligible that they had no problem making money and the government said here take more money um so we have links to the national post article there's a lot more details going on but here you have our government our federal government saying you don't qualify take it you didn't lose your job <laughs> take it so we have all this so they have all this this money apparently that they can spend. Let's just throw it all away quick. To here you go. Take it. You didn't quit. You quit your job. Take it. You're not eligible. Take it. Just please take the hard-earned tax dollars of of people like Matt and Andrew so that you can you can live off the government teat. And um, this this is literally the the same thing that has led to insane price inflation because of monetary inflation because of reckless government spending and printing of money the reason you're paying twenty dollars for a head of romaine lettuce if you can find it in your your grocery store is because of this this wastefulness these are the same people we just talked about it they want to control every jot and tittle of your life they 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 can't even manage this and they want to control every aspect of your life. Oh, and they also spend all our money to hot their private jets to fly to Indonesia for the G20. That's another thing, too. We have to be clear. Yeah. So apparently they're concerned about climate stuff and carbon emissions. So long as it pertains to, to you heating your house. <laughs> right. But they flew to Indonesia, which put which puts more waste in. So that one flight that our prime minister took to Indonesia mm -hmm. puts more waste in the atmosphere, more carbon emissions in the atmosphere than you, myself, and all the families in my church will for the whole year combined, number one. Number two, uh, they they also spent all our money to do it. So mm -hmm. clearly they don't believe what they're selling, but mm -hmm. control, power, money, yeah. wealth, authority, they'll take it. They'll take more of it. So again, 
government ma mismanages everything government is terrible at doing everything like nobody could run your household as poorly as government runs their household what or I, run your I business a couple, this a couple episodes ago i said you have to actually plan and strategize to be this stupid like you can't no one is this ignorant by accident yeah there's no way that this happens by accident it is a planned effort to it is it is a planned concerted effort for buffoonery you have to well, actually work to well, be this 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 negligible but, but it starts at the basic premise that Sorry, you can, negligent it, not negligible it, negligent it starts at the basic premise. That's the most idiotic thing ever. That you can shut down the world economy with and and redistribute wealth um, appropriately. It, it's just it, it, fundamentally that idea is absolutely insane. But it's because, worked in other countries before, right, Matt? Yes. Yeah. With great success. Um, <laughs> it's worked, right? Yeah, yeah. China, Russia, Venezuela, Cuba. It's it's worked there, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everywhere command and control economies go, and socialistic, uh, um, you know, economic strategies are adopted. The world is is thriving, and uh, nothing ever goes wrong. Um, so this Auditor General report, by the way, um, it gets worse. Um, it gets much worse. So, so not only has the federal government taken tens of billions of dollars and spent it and given it where it it shouldn't have, mm -hmm. we're also seeing in this Which, same Andrew, report. I, 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 but sorry, before you go on, yeah. in Winnipeg, we saw a serious issue with uh, homeless people getting Serb checks that then uh, just fueled their drug addiction. That's so right. we had homeless camps of drug addicted people using Serb money to get methamphetamines. <laughs> so that's that's what your money, that's what taxpayers' money went to support. Um, it's no wonder all these pot shops, like in Kingston, pot shops blew up all of a sudden. Like all the people saying, all these people places saying, selling weed, because mm. all because you had all this disposable income now toward buying to go buy your weed, and the mm -hmm. fact is now the government has their hands in it. That's tax revenue for them so mm -hmm. again that's Absolutely. i'm sure that's not nefarious at all but <laughs> so it's not just the spending it's also in the actual covid shots that again if you if you can sit down mm -hmm. if you can if you can believe this and we've already kind of covered this but yes, this is just did. more confirmation our, what we're talking our federal about. government that mm -hmm. is wasteful apparently um, you know, in the same way that you, there might be a really good deal on cauliflower and you buy too much of it and then it goes, <laughs> it goes bad before you have yeah. a chance to use it. And you're like, oh man, I wasted $10 on two extra heads of cauliflower. Well, our federal government decided to waste a billion dollars on COVID shots. That's comparable, you know, to you buying too much baby spinach. So this, uh, this comes from the wig standards. That's the, my local Kingston newspaper. Canada is set to dispose of $1 billion worth of COVID shots before the end of the year, on top of tens of millions of other doses that have already expired, according to the same Auditor General report. Karen Hogan, she released the report on the government's vaccine program on Tuesday and found generally the government did a good job procuring and distributing vaccines to provinces and Canadians in a timely way, but it failed to avoid wastage. A billion dollars of waste. I'm sorry, the wig and the wig, by the way, is commie leftist propaganda for what it's worth. But there's no such thing as a billion dollars of wasted shots. 
and a good job procure. Like that's, I'm sorry, that's a rather jarring juxtaposition. That's a bad job. Yeah, that's a that's that is poor management. Anyways, in her report, Hogan found that there are tens of millions of doses in provincial and federal warehouses. Quote, at the end of May 2022, there were 32.5 million doses in inventory and using unclassified and public documentation, we estimated those doses to be worth about $1 billion. Hogan found out of the 169 million doses the government received, 84.1 million had been given to Canadians with a third, with a further 32.5 million in storage as of May. Health Minister Johnny Duclos, the guy that said, hey, get your shot every three months, you know, get 10 shots in you, it's good. He said on Tuesday that 10.8 million of those doses have since expired. Another 13.6 million doses had already expired when Hogan did her audit, while 15.3 million doses have been donated and another 21.7 million have been offered for donation with no countries identified to take them. Yeah, they... They don't want our garbage. Not surprised. The government has previously said it donated 50 million doses, but the auditor revealed that includes 13.6 million that expired shortly after being donated, 21.7 million that have been identified for donation, but have not been shipped, and only 15.3 million that have actually been used overseas. Um, I don't. I don't know what more to add above and beyond what we've said that this is just, this is an onion, right? I'm going to take a Shrekism here. This is an onion of negligence and corruption. It's not just one layer. You just keep peeling back the layers and it's all the money wasted on the shots and all of the, all the mandates because of the number of shots and then all of the shots wasted. And so all the money wasted and then the trickle effect of that, with the printing of money and what that did to our economy. But now it's still more shots and still, we still need a bivalent and more money being wasted and billions mm -hmm. of like, like, just like the more you get into the sour, like quite literally like an onion, when you cut it open and appropriately, it makes you cry. Like there is, there are there. I'm, I'm weeping <laughs> well on said. the inside. I'm weeping on the inside. This is, this, this, onion this... is hurting my soul right now. Yeah. So, People have to understand one billion dollars is a thousand millions. One million, like we 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 are shocked when somebody makes one million dollars. A millionaire is a great status to, to reach in society, right? If you're a millionaire, you've got you know tons of money, you're rich, you know, good on you. We're we're stoked, we're excited for you. Times that by a thousand. That's one billion. In these losses that you've talked about, that are estimated by our auditor general, the the lady who's in charge was looking at how can Canadian taxpayer money is being spent by our government. In these two reports, has estimated there's at least about $30 billion being wasted by our government. I, I guarantee you, you can't wrap your head around $30 billion. Yet it's being wasted by our government. But the problem also is 
the wasteful spending has actually led to price inflation and monetary inflation that is actually costing you more money. So this this isn't just so we got let's, losses let's, in the past. Yeah. It's 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 current and future to, losses as well. Let me put let me put a picture. Let me paint a picture. Let me let, bring it down. So basically, yeah. what it means is this: is you you have a hundred dollars in your pocket mm -hmm. to spend toward groceries and rent and 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 leisure, and things cost a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. So what 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 the federal government is, has done is of that hundred dollars, they've taken thirty of it. Um, yes. and they basically, they basically set it on fire. That's <laughs> it. They took 30 of it and they're like, let's just set it on fire. And they're like, oh, well now I have less money. And you're like, then they said, right, you have less money. Oh, and by the way, uh, that, that $70 remaining is now actually worth $30 because we're going to increase the price of everything. Um, well, oh, no, we, no. We, so, we, so we, we we printed the money and then we burned it all. Yeah, it, and, it would uh, it would be more like it would be more like with the monetary inflation. All yeah, it's it's the this the seventy dollars maybe only gets you sixty dollars worth of things, but then everything else is doubled in price. So, so yes. it's essentially thirty bucks. So, yeah. You, the point you, is, they set it on fire. The point yes. is that they they have, they have set everything on fire. Yeah, and these they, are the they, they have lit our economy on. Fire. Yeah, and these are the people who who their scheme, their utopian idiot scheme, is to have a circular economy managed by a Soviet, a council of of elites like them who can just change all these inputs, just get everything. Listen, these idiots can't do basically what they're they're responsible for doing now. And you think they're going to be able to to manage every jot and tittle of your lives? And they also want to, they also want to take all our weapons too while they're at it. So we'll, just, yes. we'll throw that in the mix. So it's, because oh, and, because people people might eventually Andrew get angry at how poorly they're doing it managing their money. Clearly, people, we are totally off the rails. Our government no longer works for us. They are the dictators who rule over us. They have set themselves up as benefactors to rule over us. And they do so in horribly disastrous, destructive, and wasteful ways. And that's the serious... Um, that's that's at the heart of all these stories we're talking about. These ongoing labs, lockdowns, and losses. All of it is has this root seed of just government wanting to control every aspect of society. It comes down to the same hubris that was president at, at present at Babel, and how destructive that was. This is, uh, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. This is a same old story. And it is and truly that's why, despicable. That's why, that's why we have to be here, right? Yeah. And so the truth, the truth is that Matt and I, we shouldn't have jobs. That this, we, we, <laughs> there, and it, ideally, uh, there wouldn't be a need for us to do this um, because there should be some, some, some monicum of, of, of intelligence um, and integrity and consistency in the federal government, but because no such thing exists, here we are. <laughs> and so the Liberty Coalition Canada exists in part because of the madness and the craziness that has ensued 
especially mm-hmm. in the last two and a half years. And so because we're here and because uh, a job has been created, here we are. And we exist for a number of reasons at the Liberty Coalition Canada. We exist to inform you by way of news and analysis with what's going on and how to respond to it from a biblical Christian worldview and perspective. Mm-hmm. We also exist to engage in advocacy, in training Christians to think politically and be involved in the political sphere, something that we plan on tackling. We don't want to say too much about it right now, but the reality is, and we covered this last episode, that made, right, doctor-assisted murder and suicide mm-hmm. is off the rails. Yeah. And um, we 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 want to declare a, a holy war against made. And we want to actively <laughs> come against this murderous, image of God destroying practice. We also have, sorry, Matt, go. Sorry. I was just going to say, we need your support to do all those things. And we promise pinky swear will manage your funds much better better (laughs) than our federal government. We're not going to let your money. Which I guess isn't saying much. I guess it it isn't saying much because like you said, yeah, they virtually just let your money on fire uh, while stealing it from your back pocket. For all all the stuff that we want to do, I mean, the reality is we, we know that our audience you have, you have benefited from, you've expressed tremendous thanks and appreciation for Like I said earlier, for letting you know, you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. for informing you for a, a source of news from a biblical perspective that you're not going to get anywhere else. Um, it's, it's been encouraging. I know it's been equipping for many of you. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for the feedback. You know, we're going to continue to do work legally. We're going to do work advocate advocacy wise. And so mm-hmm. we want to do more. We want to do more shows, more content, more defending Canadians, more political engagement, more advocacy. And so we do need your help. We are in the midst of our Christmas fundraising campaign. If you've been mm-hmm. receiving our emails, we hope to update you week over week with meeting our goals. Our goal is to raise $400,000 before the end of this calendar year so that we can keep doing more of this into 2023 with strength and with focus, with hopefully bringing some more people on to help with that, some more support to get the job done. So please, if you would consider donating, supporting Liberty Coalition Canada. You can go to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. And then right away you choose, do I want to donate to analysis shows, which will get you a charitable receipt? Or do I want to donate to other designations, which is our Liberty Defense Fund advocacy or to the general funds? You can do so on the website. You can also see on the donate page, there's other ways you want to mail in a check we 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 accept that as well mm-hmm. please consider doing that partnering with us i'll also say quickly here if you are a business owner if you're a freedom-minded like-minded business owner and you're thinking hey i'd love to advertise with liberty coalition canada because i know that their freedom audience are the people that are going to be my patrons or because i want to find like-minded employees mm-hmm. then contact us also uh, reach out to us at info at libertycoalitioncanada.com if you want us to advertise for you, if you want to have your sweet graphics show up on our show, if you want us wearing your merch and your swag and pointing people your direction, let us know. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have that conversation with you as well. Help us to do the work to continue to be a united front for liberties and freedoms here in Canada. That's what we want to do. We need your help to do it. Absolutely. So definitely reach out to us at info at Liberty Coalition Canada. Dot com if you are interested in doing that. Until next time, friends, Galatians 5.1. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch. 
a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.